Hey, welcome to The Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. I feel a lot better than I did last. Gosh, man. That's terrible. Though it's pretty funny. It's, I check, like to check the views on the live stream, and that video has some of the most views we've had in a while. I wonder if it's uh, people like, like, hey, look at this idiot pastor we have who's preaching when he's got a fever with COVID. But anyway, we are, we are here this week. And so last week I picked up on spiritual warfare, which is, I think, quite relevant for last week. And jumping back into the, the Preparing the Soil series, and this week we're looking at tithing slash stewardship. And so the reason I've got the slash there is I think tithing is a great way to reflect one's stewardship. Now, stewardship is essentially just the way that you handle God's money. Everything God's given us, it's the way that you handle it. And all the way back in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, when God created humanity, he gave humans this divine mandate which was to be fruitful and to multiply and to rule and to subdue the earth in fact god says he goes i've given every seed bearing plant on the face of the earth every tree that has fruit on it that will be fo- that will be your food to all the beasts of the earth all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground everything that has breath in it i give green plant for food it was so So that's what God has done. He's actually given us this earth. We are earthlings. We are creatures of this earth. Everything that we have, it's a gift from God. Now, Christians have a bit of a funny relationship with wealth. There are some people who think having wealth is this terrible thing. Others think that wealth is the sign of God's blessing. And the answer is, well, kind of both. That's sometimes how the Bible is because you look at the creation narrative, you look at Genesis chapter 2, there's all these like random references to the precious stones that are in the soil. It's a sign that where there is God, there is blessing. God's intention for humans isn't to live in poverty. He doesn't want humans to be starving, to be desperate, to be needy, okay? But at the same time too, the Bible talks quite a lot about the dangers of greed, about the dangers of pursuing after money. In fact, the Apostle Paul, he says, this is from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Now, here's the important part. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now, what did Paul say? It's the love of what? Money. Do you say money is the root of all evil? It's the love of money. Big difference. Big difference there. Wealth in itself is not evil. It's the pursuit of wealth as idolatry that is what is evil it's interesting paul said that for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil 
So today, in today's passage, and we're going to thank you for reading that out, Mario. We're actually going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Also, going to look at a parable from Luke 12. And if you have the study guides for home groups, they'll have some questions on that. And it's interesting, both Matthew and Luke, they share Jesus' words about not worrying, about storing up treasures. And then and it has like this description about, hey, God has provided everything that we need. So don't worry about life. There's this term I like to use is that God is the divine landlord. Now, who people, anyone here is renting? Who is a renter? Who has been a renter in the past? Now, you know what it's like. So every six months, you get a letter or an email from the real estate. And what do they tell you? They're going to say, we're going to do an inspection. Okay. Now, what does that mean? means you go, oh my goodness, this place is a mess. I'm going to clean it up. So you start scrubbing out the showers. You even get the grime out of the little bits of the sink. You vacuum the carpet 20 times. You make sure the place is spotless. I always found it depressing for the few years that we were renting. Is I'd clean the house, make it spotless. I'd walk in and go, yeah, this is good. We're going to go. But that's part, of, that's part of being a tenant is that you give money to your landlord and there's this responsibility to care for what has been given to you. It's the exact same way with God. God is our divine landlord. We just hold things in trust. In the book of Deuteronomy, there's this great sort of description about what the promised land looks like. It's this land flowing with milk and honey. It's got all sorts of wealth and riches and everything's just wonderful and beautiful. But in Deuteronomy 8, 18, it's just this, it's this little warning here for people. It says, Deuteronomy 8, 18. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So he's given you the ability to produce wealth. He's given you the ability to enjoy life. But don't, don't pursue, as the Apostle Paul says, we can't worship the creation. We have to worship the creator. And so part of that is actually recognizing that in life. If God has given us everything, and we need to give a portion back. It's not because God somehow needs it, God desires it. It's actually an act of faith. All of us are dependent upon God for our jobs. Now, we might not be subsistence farmers who are reliant upon the sunshine and the rainfall and the seasons to happen as they should be. But teachers, what do you need to have your job? Students. Builders, what do you need to have your job? Clients, yeah. You know, pastors, who do we need? We need our congregation. We, we are all reliant. And you look at every other job. We are all reliant on God providing things. And if the world has taught us something recently is that events overseas can have dramatic impacts on us today. Think of COVID. When COVID first hit, how many of us were thinking, oh my goodness, this so strange disease in this city in China is going to impact my life completely? None of us were thinking that. 
In fact, I remember at my old church gap and saying, oh, guys, don't worry about this COVID thing. She'll be right, mate. Yeah, famous last words. I think a lot of us said that. The war in the Ukraine, now let's face it, we can, we can watch the images on the news and it's horrific to see. But you can kind of think, well, actually, that doesn't really affect us. But as we've started to see, there's a flow-on effect. Petrol prices will increase, food shortages. That impacts our jobs and our livelihoods. We're starting to realise that life is very, very fragile. There is no stability. There is no assurance. The only insurance we have is God and what he provides for us. So as part of being an Israelite, one of the expectations was is that you would, we would offer your first fruits, the very best of your crop to God to thank him. It was in many sense an act of faith to say, I'm going to give you my very, very best. Knowing like, God, if I do this, you're going to provide more for me. So now we, all that kind of in mind, let's turn to our passage in Matthew 6. And I'll read it again from verse 19. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. As Jesus gives those words, he gives it to a group of people whose lives had no certainty. These were mostly peasant farmers who may work for a denarius a day, who perhaps if a famine came along, wipe out their crops, flood, drought, life was full of uncertainty. And so there is this great temptation that where you can, you start to store up treasures. And the reason today I said today is stewardship slash tithing. It's stewardship in a way, it's a sense, it, it really reveals where your heart is. And Jesus says it for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All of us have idols. All of us have things that we put in place before God. In the West, Money is obviously quite a big idol. I think too, and how generous you are, that, is, that reveals, in a sense, where your treasure is. In fact, these words of Scripture, I remember in 2011, it was the 13th of December, I had, I'd sort of kind of gone on this journey back to faith. I'd really walked away as a young man. I was about... 1920, just so said, church is irrelevant for me. And when I wandered away from my faith, in 2011, really started coming back. I remember I was on the train home from work from Central back to the Blue Mountains. I remember I read these words, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I kid you not, 
I started weeping then and there on that train because I knew my treasure's not in heaven. My treasure is here on this earth. All I really care about deep down is building up this life for myself. Now, I remember three weeks later, God's like, I want you to go into ministry. So I know the power of these words. These words cut to the heart. It's, and Jesus does that. He just opens us up and we're left exposed. As he goes on, he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. And so you know how we have that expression, the eyes are the windows to the soul. In, in the same way here, the eye is representative of who we are as a person. And so depending on if our eyes are healthy, you know, your whole body will be full of light, i.e. if you look into good things, your spiritual demeanor will be good. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness, light and dark. Treasure in heaven, treasure on earth. What is going to be your decision? For no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other. And if you recognize that, then, well, if I have treasure here on this earth, that's really where my heart is at. Jesus doesn't mince his words. You're going to hate one. Either you're going to hate God or you're going to hate the treasures on this earth or you're going to love one or the other. You can't be devoted to one because you're going to despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Today, while the focus is ultimately money and about us being generous with our wealth, we could substitute that you cannot love both. You can't serve both God and insert the blank in your life. What Murray didn't read for us, Jesus has the solution. Just, just kind of leave us there hanging, going, oh my goodness, my treasure is buried on this earth. I'm full of darkness. Here's what he tells us. It's from verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, not much more valuable than they are? Can you by worrying at a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Here's the crunch. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Food, clothing, whatever you need, will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, but each day has enough trouble of its own. What Jesus is saying here, there's what's his recognition that if you if your pursuit is treasures in heaven which cannot be destroyed, that actually may mean there may be some consequences here for your treasure on earth. That may mean that your life may be difficult. 
So Jesus is saying, he's reminding us, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or what you will wear. Keep your eyes focused upon the kingdom. He's summarizing that whole message, the Old Testament. When you enter the land, be generous. Give away your first fruits. If you do that, God will keep blessing your harvest. Live a life of faith. If you do that, God will provide. I think all of us here probably have a story about God providing at the last moment. I remember one time, I haven't even told Rachel this. Know, I'm not going to get in trouble here. Um, a, a guy, when I was at Regent's Park, this man came in and he needed $300. He just, and I said, look, dude, I can just give it to you. I, I did, thought nothing of it. And then, no joke, two days later, my cousin's messaged me. She says, oh, Mitch, I feel God saying to me, he needs to give you $300. I was like, okay, now that's not a reason to give. But it's just an example of just going, all right, I've been given this, I can give you this money. And someone else has blessed that. But there's been other times too that I have given to charity, given to friends, and God hasn't necessarily just equated the balance. But there's this real freedom in giving. There's this real freedom in saying, hey, I'm not going to worry about money. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm just going to keep seeking first the kingdom and God will provide. If I hold things loosely, recognizing that ultimately the only reason I have my job is because God has provided students, clients, parishioners, or whatever. Hold that loosely and God will provide. It's the second time in, in Luke, this is a lot more scary, this story, where Jesus basically gives the same spiel about not worrying about your life. This comes from Luke chapter 12 and from verse 13. It says here, someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, my bro- tell my brother to divide the, the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? And he said to him, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told him this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. But then God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be. Whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. And then Jesus basically just says the same words here that I just read out earlier in Matthew. Now for us, that rich man, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Here is individualistic Westerners, that makes sense. Like, oh, I've got this surplus. Let's build my barns bigger. Let's take life easy. When God says to him in the parable, you fool, it's a sign of wickedness, foolishness in the Bible. There's someone who is evil, who is wicked. In fact, in, in that culture where you are a farmer, the expectation is you share your abundance. This guy is already rich. 
He should have been sharing what he had. God has blessed him richly already. God has made him even more rich. He should be sharing. This is the point of the parable. And the depressing thing is, this very night, your life will be demanded from you. Who's going to get it? That's the point. That's the point. If you are going to sow your treasures on this earth, it's all going to fade away. As Job said, naked I was born, naked I return. Friends, that's partly why we each week we hand our offering, why we direct debit, why we have all, all these calls to give. Not so we can line our back pockets like many prosperity preachers do out there. It's actually an act of worship. It is challenging sometimes when God calls you to give money. You think, oh man, if I'm going to give this, how am I going to pay this bill? I think some of us have wrestled with this. But God provides. The great missionary Hudson Taylor, he, if you want to see a man that just had faith, Hudson Taylor, he was the man. There are just story after story after story about him. And there's one time before he'd gone to China. So if you don't know his life, he was a missionary in China. And he was living in England. And before he had been accepted, he was living in this little apartment. And the rent was due Monday morning. He had zero dollars. Rather than panicking, this is what Hudson Taylor would do. Got on his knees and he prayed. He got up, went to bed. Next morning, there's a bag at the door, the exact amount that he needed. I could tell you about George Mueller, who ran an orphanage, who never once offered an appeal, just prayed, and God provided. Think about holding things loosely. It's actually quite freeing. If you invest your treasure in heaven, where thieves cannot steal or moth cannot rust, there is something deeply freeing about it. As that parable reminds us, who knows when our soul will be demanded of us. When most people get to the end of their life. I don't, have never heard someone say, geez, I wish I'd spent more time at work earning more money. Man, I wish I had more cars. I wish I had more TVs. I wish I had more investment properties. Now, normally people get to the end of their life and like, yeah, I really wasted a lot of my life working. I wish I'd invested it for something better. Friends, it's not too late. It's not too late. Remember, yeah, was it 2011, 10 years ago? I thought I'd wasted my life. I was just like, I've been storing up treasures on earth. I wasted my life. It's never too late to change. You go, I'm going to invest my treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For I want to say that my treasure is in heaven and that my heart is there also. Friends, I pray that's where your heart is at as well. Let me pray for us. Lord, uh, we, we recognize that all of us stand before you as creatures that put idols up before you, where we put our treasure on this earth, whether it be money, whether it be sex, whether it be fame, or whatever it is, Lord. But Lord, I, I pray that we can just come before you today, Lord, 
with our items loose before you and recognise that ultimately everything in this world is a gift from you. We are merely tenants. We are merely stewards on this earth with the gifts that you have given us. Lord, so as, as we give to you, recognise that really we're, we're stepping out in faith. We're stepping out in worship, in faith, knowing that we don't have to worry about what we eat, what we drink or what we're going to wear, but that we be people who continually seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And so, Lord, I just pray this for all of us, Lord. We can live as people where our heart is in heaven. So I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.